What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Arnie's, and welcome back to our bonus series covering all things Loki. And not only is this an episode of the Arnie's, not only is this an episode of Loki, but my friends, it is Boys Night! <laughs> <laughs> Austin is gone. Our boss is not here. So the boys are putting on our sunglasses, popping a drink, and having some fun. It's Matt and Keith. That's it. It's our first time. Who knows what'll happen? I took a shit on Austin's desk. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Don't worry, buddy. I'll clean it up before you get back. Yeah. So, uh, spoiler alert, Austin is camping, I think, for like a week. So he does not have cell service. He does not have internet. He has not seen the new episode of Loki. And he will not be, spoilers, editing this episode. I have to do that. And I am your host, Matt Johnson, a.k.a. a variant of a variant of a variant. I I don't know how this show works anymore. And I'm Keith Baker, a.k.a. a swampy hand-eating alligator. And Keith, I was thinking about this. I think with both WandaVision and The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you missed the penultimate episodes of both of those and now Austin has continued that trend of being absent. He will be back to talk about the finale, but I don't know what it is. I guess every time we talk about a Marvel show, somebody has to be gone for episode five. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's a shame. Because what about Mandalorian? Did, did someone, did we miss? I know I missed, I, I missed one episode of Mandalorian, but I think it was like episode three, I think. You you definitely missed every episode of The Boys. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I don't know. I mean, we'll get into our spoilers later, of course, but I think Austin personally missed a banger of an episode. But we hope you've all been having a great week as well as a week full of great content. I've been getting my trashy TV on, and I watched season two of Too Hot to Handle on Netflix. It was absolute garbage in the best possible way. If you've ever wanted to see a bunch of hot people try to win $100,000 by not having sex for like a week, basically, while living under one roof, then this show is for you. What about you, Keith? Have you watched anything good this week? (laughs) Before I answer that, you know, I've seen the cover of that show on Netflix every time I'm scrolling through, and I've always seen like either like a dude with abs in the cover or some girl in a bikini. I always wonder what that show is about, so I finally have met somebody who's watched it. Damn, that's crazy. Well, uh, have not been watching that show, but maybe I might have to check it out sometime soon. <laughs> um, uh, as far as watching anything new, I think the only show I continue watching, which I watched the first season of last year when it first came out, and the second season just came out on Netflix, that is Black Summer. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of that, Matthew. It is a, surprise, surprise, another zombie apocalypse kind of show. But a little bit, a little bit different of a take than like Walking Dead, where you really don't have like a lot of main main characters. Like these, the main character, the people you are, that are on this show that you think are going to be main characters could easily be killed off like within an episode or two. So it kind of like it shifts groups very quickly. Uh, it's an interesting show, so I recommend checking it out. I mean, it might not be your cup of tea if you're a Walking Dead person. Um, it's a lot different from that one, so. It might not go the way you think it wanna it might not go the way you think it's gonna go, but I don't know. It could be something worth checking out. So Well, hey, I mean the three of us were like the biggest Walking Dead fans for the first three years of that show, and I've I fell off it so hard that I'd love to get back into that. I'd love to get back into some crazy zombie apocalypse show. So why not? I'll give it a try. I like the sound of it. 
this is your first episode of the Arnie's, welcome. We're very happy to have you. Our main episodes come out every Tuesday, and earlier this week, we brought back our bracket format in order to determine, once and for all, what is the best comedy of all time? So, Keith, what was it like going back to watch all these movies that sometimes hold up and sometimes don't, and were you pleased with the result? Yeah, this was probably one of the more interesting brackets because I think this was the one bracket where I was completely unbiased. I think I liked all these movies. I really didn't care really who made it to the top. I mean, I just wanted to break them all down and and from there see who would rise. But um, And one that's on there, we'll, you'll have to listen to see if it made it to the top, that I want to mention that something I did not mention on the show itself, Ooh, and that was okay. about that was about Popstar. And... <gasps> Whether or not Popstar makes it to the top or not, you'll have to wait and find out. But, Matthew, we got to talk about just one scene, or actually, no, a few Please. scenes in Popstar Please. that made me crack up every time, and that was the TMZ like oh parody scenes God. with Will Arnett and Eric Andre. <sighs> we we completely forgot to talk about it. And that shit was so <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it feels so inside baseball in terms of the references, like... The people in TMZ also weirdly laugh like that and drink out of those weird water jugs. <laughs> but they did such a good job of, despite that, just making the scenes so funny by themselves. Oh, they kill me. Just like, so good. The rid- ridiculous laughing of Eric Andre when he's sipping out of his cup. He's like, <laughs> and then Real Arnett's like, yeah, right. And he grabs he grabs Eric Andre's cup and starts sipping out of his cup, too. Uh, the so part stupid. I always like is, um, I don't think so. <laughs> God, Austin, you know what? I'll give Austin props because for years he's been saying that he never liked Popstar, but on this episode, spoiler alert, he did come around and say that he liked it, so I appreciated that. But right now, we're officially calling any episode that Matt and Keith ever do the Popstar Hour, okay? Because we're pop stars, we're here for a good time, definitely not a long time, and Keith, I'm so glad you talked about that. So everybody out there, check out that Bracket episode, it's a super fun one. And as for this coming Tuesday, I know we're reviewing Loki right now, and I hope you're not tired of the MCU, because it is time to head back to the movies. Marvel has spoiled us the last few months with all these great TV shows, but they haven't put out a movie in two years. And it is time for Black Widow, so look forward to our review coming next week. And be sure to keep an eye out for everything when it drops. We have some great content out now and some more exciting stuff on the way. Please subscribe to The Arnie's wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Leave us some reviews with your thoughts. And also, we do want to hear from you. So send us a message on Instagram at The Arnie's or email us thearniesmedia at gmail.com. Let us know how you're feeling about all the stuff we're putting out. And now it is time to get into our main topic. We only have one episode of Loki left, people. That is the headline. This show has done such a great job of presenting intriguing questions and satisfying answers within a couple of episodes. They've managed to balance comedy, drama, action, character development, emotional moments, fan service, and just, I think, everything we love about the MCU to such a great degree. Last episode gave us tons of twists and turns with supposed character deaths and reveals by the TVA. So now that it's time to talk about where things pick up in our penultimate episode, so Keith, I think it's time. Let's remind everybody of our thoughts on the series so far and give our non-spoiler thoughts on episode five. This show did not dive into a story that I expected it to dive into. Like I said, I thought this was going to be more of like a Loki as Asgard kind of show, and it went in a completely different direction, which I have been on board with since the beginning. And yeah, it's just been a fun ride with all the different characters. The actors and actresses are all great. 
Uh, I love Mobius, Owen Wilson, um, the actor actresses that play Sylvie and uh, Ravona, which I can never remember their names, but those those girls are great. Um, going into episode five, uh, this one I think kept the momentum up from episode four. I think we got a lot of we got a lot of answers in episode four. Kind of left us on a bit of a cliffhanger, uh, and we started right off where we left off in episode four with the variants of Loki's, and I was really excited to get into those because I have no idea what those are about, and I'm not a big comic book guy, so I think I'm going to have a lot of questions for Matthew in this one, so I'm looking forward to breaking it down. What about you? Yeah, um, I don't know what it is that you said in there, Keith, but something you just said kind of just keyed into my brain somehow, like why I've been really digging this show. Like I know I've liked the aesthetic, the performances, and all that good stuff, but I think what it really comes down to is... Going into the show, we talked about it a little bit before it started, was I I was excited for the idea of it, but ultimately the idea of a show about this weird variant of Loki that was from years ago in terms of the MCU, like before Loki died at the hands of Thanos, I was like, it sounds interesting, but how is that going to matter in the context of things? And while you were talking, I just realized They've gone five episodes out of six, and I haven't once thought about that. Like, that was my biggest concern going into this show, and the fact that they've crafted this story with all these great characters and performances, emotional moments, funny moments, crazy action set pieces. Like, I've never once, like, retroactively thought about the beginning of the show and gone like, wow, remember when I was worried about this being this weird variant of Loki? Why will I care? And then it's also weird because I was like, how is this going to impact the MCU? And honestly, so far, it hasn't really. <laughs> like, And I also haven't once thought about that. And my guess is still in the finale, it will ultimately like impact the world in a big way. But we haven't gotten to that. And I've never once thought about it because the show has been so engaging up until this point. And yeah, I'll go your sentiments with episode five, not to get into any spoilers yet, but It's just so fun. I think more so than WandaVision and definitely more so than Falcon and Winter Soldier, this show has done such a good job on the writing side of presenting elements, whether it be questions or just kind of things to pique your interest in one episode. And then they'll give you an answer in the follow up. Like it's pretty quick. But then at the same time, they're also revealing that there's more to that answer than you initially thought. So it's like, oh, so it gives you kind of more theories also questions and also potential answers at the same time. So they've just they, they, they mapped this whole thing out in such a good way. And this episode was no exception. I mean, I did not know what to expect as we talked about going into this one last week. And it was just so fun. But they at the same time, there was moments that I was like, God, this is just such great character moments. And they've really just perfected these relationships and done such a great job. And somehow, despite my love for this series, I am more intrigued like at the end of the whenever this episode ended, I was like, where the hell do they go from here? There's only one episode <laughs> left and I'm so excited. Like I've definitely never been this excited. Like maybe since honestly Avengers Infinity War back in 2018 when that ended and I was like, what's going to happen in Avengers 4? Like this might be the most excited I've been for a follow up since then. Like, they've done such a great job and I can't wait to talk about more. They really have. Yeah. I mean, not to take away from Falcon and WandaVision, like I really love those as well. But I mean, when those ended, I wasn't I wasn't find myself disappointed that they ended. I think this one, I'm like, damn, I want like I want six more episodes. I wanted to keep going. Me so too. I'm gonna be kind of sad when this one uh, ends up going away. 
All right, everybody, that covers our non-spoiler thoughts. We definitely recommend this episode. So if you haven't watched the first five episodes of Loki yet, this is your last chance to bounce on out and go watch it. Once you've done so, come on back to this episode and listen to the rest, because now is your official and final spoiler warning. It's time to break everything down, Keith. We're not going to hold back. Let's get into it. All right, Keith, it's Austin's job normally, but you started the Arnie's podcast as our go-to cast and crew guy. Nobody does it like you. So, Keith, now that we are in spoiler territory, break it down for me. I want the full cast and crew of season one, episode five of Loki. This episode is called Journey into Mystery. This episode is created by Michael Waldron, directed by Kate Heron, written by Tom Kaufman, score composed by Natalie Holt. Going into our cast, of course, we have Mr. Tom Hedleston as Loki and President Loki. We have Sophia D. Martino as Sylvie. Owen Wilson, wow, as Mobius. (laughs) And this week, we are joined by Gugu Batharal as Ravona Renslayer, Jack Veal as Kid Loki, Deobia Opari as Boastful Loki, Wumni Mosaku as Hunter B-15, and we got Tara Strong as Miss Minutes and Richard E. Grant as Classic Loki. All right, Matthew, that's our cast and crew breakdown. What do you got as any highlights, any negatives? What's going on? All right. I'm going to throw the two big ones out here. And Keith, I feel like you're going to be on board with me. We'll see. I think we talked about the intrigue of it last week in that mid credit scene. What is Academy Award nominee Richard E. Grant doing in this crazy outfit? That was my question last week. And after this episode, there's no more questions. He was fantastic. I loved seeing him as the classic Loki and the kind of the look from the comics. And they basically implied that he's kind of like the older version of Tom Hiddleston's Loki if he never died, basically. And there were some super interesting character moments. The performances was was fantastic, and the way it ended was super cool. Uh, so that's definitely my cast shout-out. As for the crew, we've talked about her this entire show, and genuinely, I don't know how she tops herself every week. Natalie Holt's score in this episode was on fucking steroids. It was like... Every single instrument I've ever heard in my life was playing. There was this huge choir. (laughs) It was like action scenes, emotional scenes. It doesn't matter. She's nailing it. This score is incredible. And wow, I can't wait for the finale. So those are my two big ones. What about you, Keith? Yeah, the score was definitely a badass. And uh, like you said, Richard E. Grant, I didn't even notice that was him when we saw the mid-credits scene. So uh, yeah, that was cool seeing him and... Yeah, we'll we'll get into it later, but those last few scenes with him is freaking unreal. It was really cool to see him uh, do what he did. Um, as far as any other shout-outs, of course, I'll shout-out Tom Hiddleston and Sophia DeMartino. Badass as usual. Um, they're they're bringing their... I don't know what I've, I don't know if I want to call it love or friendship or what it is, but they're bringing it. Their, their relationship is just cool. And you know they're going far places together, so I'm definitely buying it. And, of course, I will shout out my boy Owen Wilson as Mobius. Uh, He's back. He's back, baby. We thought he might have been dead, but I think we all knew deep down he was still out there. We hoped. 
We truly are. Uh, but yeah, that's my my shout outs and cast and crew. Um, Matthew, let's remind everybody what happened in this episode. All right. Here's your refresher, everybody. So Sylvie learns from the TVA and Ravona Renslayer that Loki was teleported to the Void, which is a dimension at the end of time where everything the TVA prunes is dumped into. Meanwhile, Loki learns from four time variants of himself, boastful Loki, classic Loki, kid Loki, and of course, alligator Loki, that a cloud-like creature named Eliath guards the Void and prevents anyone from escaping. In an attempt to reach Loki, Sylvie prunes herself and narrowly escapes Eliath with former TVA member Mobius's help. He's back, baby, like Keith said. Boastful Loki unfortunately attempts to betray the other Lokis for a separate Loki group <laughs> led by President Loki. Lots of Lokis in that sentence. However, all of the Lokis betray each other, of course, that's in their nature, causing a fight to ensue and forcing our Loki and his variants to escape. After reuniting, Sylvie proposes a plan to approach Eliath and enchant it in hopes that it will lead them to the real mastermind behind the TVA's creation. As they head toward Eliath, Mobius uses a tempad Sylvie stole from Renslayer to return to the TVA stating he intends to reveal the truth to everyone and burn the whole place down. The Loki variants reject Mobius's offer of an escape from the Void because this is their home. Kid Loki and Alligator Loki escape, while Classic Loki creates a large illusion of Asgard to distract Eliath, sacrificing himself in the process. This allows our Loki and Sylvie to successfully enchant the creature and move past the Void. Noticing a citadel in the distance, the pair walk towards it. Hell yeah. And a line that kind of went, I don't know if we would say it went under the table. I feel like it would for a lot of people, but for me, I, I laughed out loud, was uh, Owen Wilson's Mobius. He's like, wow, I mean, you throw a rock, you hit a Loki. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the whole sequence of, I just love that they have Mobius talk to the other variants. Like seeing Mobius sit down with classic Loki, kid Loki, and alligator Loki, and he's like, well, how do we even know that that guy's a Loki? Talking about the alligator, and it's like, well, he's green. It's like, he could be lying. <laughs> so, like, so good. I loved it. Owen Wilson, he just gets it, guys. He just gets it. All right. Before we blow our Owen Wilson load, let's just get it started. It's time for the roundtable discussion. Keith, we have a lot to get into here. I'll start us off this time. And like we said, I just love this episode. I thought it did such a great job of following up last week. I was surprised at the level of fun dialogue and character development for the other Loki variants and the craziest part to me, just from a writing standpoint, was somehow they felt like individuals, all these variants, right? But all of their stories and kind of their, I suppose, their miscomings, whatever you want to call it, like their past mistakes, they kind of informed our main Loki in terms of his growth. So it was just this kind of weird character development that wasn't Loki's, but because of these other variants, it made him feel like more of this cool character. So I just really love that. Um, so kind of in general, Keith, what did you think of the story of this episode within the void? And I wanted to see your thoughts on all these other Lokis that we've been talking about. We talked about it in the plot and all that good stuff, but that's kind of the whole selling point of this episode, all these crazy variants, how all that stuff work for you. Yeah. Going to the first part of that question, him waking up in the void. I'm glad it just started off from the get go from our mid credit scene. Cause I don't, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to remember what my theory was on it. Because I remember I was like, well, we don't know what the void is. I mean, we didn't really see it, but I, I think, but Austin said it like, oh, no, you can tell there's some like ruins in the background, which, which is pretty much what it was, which is kind of like a desolate, yeah. ruined kind of, I don't know if you would say planet or just some sort of 
end of time place that they called it. Anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the fact that all those Lokis were there was hilarious. Yeah, it was cool how they uh, all had their different personalities and stories and how our Loki, the one we've been following the whole time, is kind of interested in their stories. He wasn't just quick to say, I don't care about you guys, I'm going to do my own thing. He was actually kind of like, Okay, so how did each one of you guys get here? <laughs> yeah. I like how he's interested in them. The cool thing is I genuinely think there's a reason they chose all these variants. I, I think the alligator was more for fun. Like, we'll be honest. And it was funny, so it worked. But the boastful Loki is everything wrong with Tom Hiddleston's Loki when he was at his worst. When he was the villain of the Avengers and he was, I'm burdened with glorious purpose. And he's like, I'm Thanos's body god i want the infinity stones like all that shit is like shut shut up like okay like you're you're you suck we hate you and then you have classic loki who tells the story which i loved that it basically implied that the only difference between our loki and classic loki was that classic loki didn't try and kill thanos in infinity war he was he kind of cowered it out basically um and then like went into isolation and missed his family and that's what got him caught and then you have Kid Loki, who his Nexus event was that he killed Thor. So it places our Loki in the middle. If you think back to the flashback scenes in the first Thor, what if our Loki had just basically had enough of it and killed his brother when he easily could have? Yeah. And then flash forward in the future, whenever it's like if Loki hadn't tried to kill Thanos and not died, then he would have been classic Loki. So it's like our char- our main character that we followed for so many years is in the middle of like these weird variants around him it's not like they chose random characters then they kind of throw you a monkey rich in there and whenever the the hatch opens on their little hideout they were in and then president loki and all the other i guess those were all variants of loki's too right i mean I, all those that's how i read it i read that everybody was loki there yeah and how they came in it's like well shit who are they um <laughs> uh, and is, and is this void only a Loki void? But I guess not because because Sylvie, well, Sylvie's a Loki variant, but Mobius? That's Mobius the question, Loki, Keith. Loki and Keith, people are already talking about this all over social media. So Austin's theory last week was that everybody that goes into this void, essentially, is a Loki because the Lokis figured out a way to bypass getting pruned. Now... If, if we're to assume that everybody with President Loki is a Loki variant, then we do have to ask ourselves, is there going to be a reveal next week that Mobius is a Loki variant? And I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I honestly also just like the geography of it that you talked about a little bit. I mean, I know yeah. Austin told you and I, oh, did you guys notice that Avengers Tower was in the background of that shot? And I was like, oh, I didn't notice that. But I like that this episode was more than that. I like that they're just driving around. It's like, oh, there's the Sphinx. Oh, there's like a different building. Oh, there's a different battlefield. Like, it was just this weird thing at the edge of time, like you said. It was it was just really well presented. I don't know how much we're going to talk about it later. So what do you think of like the actual plot, though? Like once they all linked up and it's like, oh, there could be like the truth of the TVA lies beyond this void. So we have to somehow defeat this creature. And then Sylvie's like, no, we don't have to defeat it. I'll enchant it. And then we'll get beyond it, which of course eventually works. So we'll talk about the ending later, but how'd that whole plot work for you? Yeah, it was interesting. And it goes back to all the different variants and how they definitely did see something different in our Loki. And then our Loki definitely sees something different in Sylvie because kid Loki was like, you're different. You're not like the rest. Because he actually has more awareness, I guess, about it. And he's like, we got to get out of here. And the other guys are like, we've all tried. We gave up. This is our home now. 
and Loki just refuses to accept that, and he knows that Sylvie would refuse to accept that too. So it just kind of makes you wonder what what is setting apart our Loki and Sylvie Loki from the rest of these variants. Um, that might be diving too deep. I don't know, but that's what I was thinking when I was going into it. Yeah, I don't think you are, Keith. And before we move on, the last point, you know, just in connection with yours, I I think I mentioned this briefly last week. And I definitely had a quick little throwaway line here, which is I think our Loki mentions to the other variants. Have you guys ever seen a female variant of us? And they yeah. all laugh like that's crazy to them. And I mentioned last week is the fact that we have a female Loki. Was that her Nexus event? Because remember, last week, Sylvie asks Ravona Renslayer, what was my Nexus event? And it's weird because this whole episode was about that. It was like, hey, what was yours? What was yours? What was yours? And we all we find out immediately. We still don't know Sylvie's. Like, as a kid, what did she do that was so crazy? And I'm starting to wonder, is the fact that she's female, like, is that going to play into it? Like, I'm genuinely curious at this point because apparently mm. none of these variants have ever seen a female Loki before. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and that's what I'm saying. They got, they're got they they're all baffled by the female Loki, but they seem to be baffled by regular Loki too. That's what I'm saying. It's also just they've clearly been there for so long. They seem pretty disillusioned by the whole thing. They've seemed to have given up, like you said. And I guess they're kind of like kind of laughing away how our Loki and Sylvie are still optimistic about taking on the TVA and stuff, um, which I think just makes the episode cooler, the fact that they succeed, and the other variants are like, oh shit, they actually did it. It's like, kind of cool. But I agree with you. It's like, a lot of it's kind of played for laughs, the whole reactions to everything. But um, you asked me about the plot, so yeah, let's let's move in a little bit more into that. So let's start with Ravona, her character, you know, is kind of starting to annoy me, but in a good way that it's keeping the spice uh, of life in her character w- within this show um, and keeping the mystery up with her for sure. Yeah, so she puts up a front at the beginning of the of the episode that she wants to work with Sylvie, but to me it was really obvious that she was lying. Like You could just tell by her mannerisms and the way she was talking that she was straight up lying, but somehow Sylvie bought it for, I guess, a second, or maybe she didn't. Um, do do we think that Ravona actually wants to know who's behind the TVA, or does she know who's behind the TVA? Is she behind the TVA? Um, because she doesn't seem to mind that the Timekeepers were fake. She seems like, yeah, they were fake, but that doesn't change anything. And then B fifteen was like, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what are you talking like, about? What, the, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on with Ravona, man? I just don't, I just don't get it. It was my least favorite part because it was so vague and weird. But I'm still intrigued. I guess is the way I want to put that. Yeah, yeah. I was. I, I'm so interested to see where this character ends up because there's only one episode left, and. Like you said, first of all, the, I guess the one aspect that I kind of didn't like was the last episode literally ended with Sylvie standing over Ravona Renslay with a spear to her neck. And it's like, tell me the truth about the TVA. And then in this one, Ravona basically like talks to her for two minutes and is like, if we're going to do this, you have to trust me. And then Sylvie shakes her hand. It's like, what, what are you doing? Stop. <laughs> it's like, come on. Um, but anyway, to your point was like, is she being genuine? I think the answer is yes. I think she is. But at the same time, you're right. The fact that she didn't seem to care as much about like the weird reveal of the timekeepers was stupid. 
But clearly, based on her reactions to everything, mostly like facial reactions, she is bothered by the fact that she doesn't really know what's going on. And like clearly as the judge, she's been like the the counselor uh, to the to the timekeepers. So I guess she thought they were real this whole time and clearly is now like, what am I supposed to do? And based on her conversation with B-15, like you said, she must want to find out the truth. But it's like now at this point. She's done a lot of bad shit, so are they trying to set up that, like, next episode she's going to somehow help our heroes find out the truth? Or is she going to be a villain? Like, I don't know. It seems like we have just, I guess if this makes sense, we have just enough time in our finale next week to discover all these secrets, but I'm a bit concerned. Do we have enough time to figure out Ravona Renslayer's role in that? It was a little bit back and forth. I I guess they're trying to play it maybe as if she's maybe in just in shock and kind of twisted right now. Like she doesn't know who to trust is maybe yeah. what it is. Uh, but another question I have is, I think I asked it last time too, but uh, uh, did Sylvia, Sylvia has not enchanted her yet. So has not revealed any oh. truths to her. I, I don't think so. No, I don't think yeah, she has. Why? Yeah, why? Yeah, that's a good yeah, point. So Sylvia has enchanted B-15, which is why B-15 said screw the timekeeper thing i know who i actually am now or have a at least a hint about who i was in my past and that was also ravona's big thing which is like ravona went to be 15 in this episode and was like what did sylvie tell you what did she show you so that's a good point you would think that maybe sylvie would have tried to do that especially since if we think back a couple episodes maybe it was last episode i don't remember but we did learn that ravona was the hunter that captured a young sylvie and brought her to the tva so you would think that an older sylvie might be interested in knowing about Ravona's past. I don't know. So we talked about it a little bit already, but just in general, thank goodness we got Mobius back. I loved his interactions with everybody like we talked about, and that farewell moment with him and Loki was especially good. So Keith, what did we think of Mobius's return and both the silly and emotional moments he had? Before we get to that last part, were you at all shocked that he came back? Because I know that was a bit of a topic we brought up last week whenever he supposedly died so whenever he just shows up driving the car and saves sylvie was that like a good reveal for you or was it a bit of, was it like too expected i guess no i wasn't shocked but i liked the reveal though same here. um i liked that it was just really subtle and <laughs> him just driving a car through this field i like how it wasn't some weird like let me bring back an old friend or or guess who's not dead? It's Mobius, and he just comes out of like a hallway or something like that. I'm glad it was just <laughs> hey. him driving a car. Like, oh hey, <laughs> oh wow, no, you, I'm back. Keith, Keith, do you think? I want you to answer this honestly. Did Kevin Feige go to Owen Wilson and did he say this? He said, "Owen, we've loved you. Your work. I've seen the dailies, and what you've done in the last four episodes has been incredible." But here, take this briefcase. Owen Wilson opens the briefcase, and there's $5 million inside, right? And Owen goes, wow, what's this for, Kevin? And Kevin Feige says, you can have this extra $5 million on top of what we're already paying you. You can have that right now, no taxes, but there's a catch. And he goes, wow, what is it, Kevin? And he says, whenever you pull up in that car to save Sylvie, you have to go, ka-chow. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. Speed. I am speed. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really glad he's back. I think not too much to add there. Um, what about you? What's your thoughts on it? 
Yeah, I'm right there with you. It was totally unsurprising in every single way, but the moment was still amazing. The way they just had this wide shot of a car driving up in the midst of this cloud, this death cloud chasing Sylvie. And then Mobius is the one driving. So good. I loved it. And then we already talked about it a little bit already, but just his interactions that they put throughout the episode were so smart. Like, I like that he wasn't just talking to our Loki and Sylvie the whole time. We actually got scenes of him sitting down with the other variants, which seems like something somebody in his position would do. And I love that they're basically like, so wait, you're telling me that you're going to go back to the place that arrested all of us and you're going to betray them? Because isn't that like been your life's work? That's crazy. And he's like, yeah, never too late to change. Which not only is a great line, but it's also you see it in all of the Loki variants reaction. It's, it's another one of those great lines like from last week. Whenever he's like, if anybody ever told you you couldn't be good, they were lying. Just in case anybody ever told you different. Like he just knows how to talk to Lokis. <laughs> like he just he really gets does. it. Um, which, and so good. So good. Which, yeah. Which maybe goes into our theory that maybe he might be a Loki. Who, who knows? Maybe, maybe I'm a Loki. <laughs> Am I a Loki? <laughs> wait, wait, Keith, Keith, you throw a rock and you hit me. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, that uh, that one scene that he was in the car with uh, Sylvie, yeah, and they were kind of going back and forth. They got kind of deep there, but it's kind of funny at the same time because she's like, "You've done stuff too." He's like, "I had to," and then he and she's like, "You tortured me." He's like, "Yeah, well, I'm I'm sorry about that." <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> that was, it was weird. It was weird because. They did such a good job of, like, acknowledging all the fucked up stuff everybody's done on both sides. Like, I mean, I don't know if we've ever personally, I can't remember if we've, if we've seen Mobius personally put one of those bombs down in a timeline and, like, erase that, like, reality or whatever. But he's obviously no, he, he knows that's what they do. Um, So he's complicit regardless. And then Sylvie's like, how dare you do that? Like, I can't even go back to my timeline because it's gone. And then he's like, yeah, but at the same time, you've murdered a lot of people. And you've also erased a lot of timelines with those bombs. And before we close out on Mobius, I just thought the final, well, I shouldn't say final. It's not the finale. So who knows what we'll get. But it seems like this was the final moment between our Loki and Mobius whenever it's like, it's been fun, Loki, puts out the hand to shake it, and then, of course, our Loki's like, fuck it, we're buddies, goes in for the hug. And then I loved Owen Wilson, like, <laughs> to Sylvie, you're my favorite. And then she <laughs> yeah, smiles, awesome. like... Sure, yeah, I do hope he comes back in the finale, but if he doesn't, then I think that was a pretty solid goodbye, and that Loki did actually accept him as a friend, because as we know, Loki yeah. doesn't really have a lot of friends in his life. And so, that was cool. Yeah, so, I mean, let's talk about the action at the end after Mobius leaves. I mean, it's like they skipped 10 steps and just went straight into a Marvel movie caliber action scene without all the other uh, plot, plot sequences you would get in a, in a normal Marvel movie. Um, of course, we get a whole show to do that, but it worked for me. I mean, I thought it was badass with Sylvie, Loki, and the classic Loki working together, especially classic Loki. He didn't, oh, he didn't yeah. think he was going to come back. He thought he was just gone. And he just comes, com just comes back in a really cool and um, can't can't think of any other word than badass kind of way. Um, it was so fucking badass, Keith. Yeah, the fact that they somehow took Natalie Holt's score and combined it with a ride of the Valkyries. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Bum ba bum 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 ba bum. Yeah, and then he builds Asgard. What? 
I, was, my my jaw was dropped at 6 p.m. tonight. Yeah. I was exhausted, and I was like, "This is the coolest shit I've ever seen." <laughs> you see what I mean, though? Like it felt like it. If it, 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 it seems like it felt like it should be in a movie, not so much a yes. show. But that's why yes. it makes the show so cool. Um, but yeah, it, sound, it, it felt like it, it. It felt like it belonged in one of the Marvel movies. Yeah, it was cool. Um, and then the fact that the, yeah, and the fact that they took Richard E. Grant and his first full episode and being in the show. It's felt like he's been in this show all along. <laughs> so. Yeah, such a good point. <laughs> such so cool. a good point. And honestly, I think part of that is, again, due to that character development that works across multiple Lokis at once. Because, like we already said, they basically told us that he went through everything our Loki did, but he didn't sacrifice himself uh, to Thanos. And then he basically lived in isolation and missed his brother, missed his family. And that's what got him caught. And then in this moment... He's fighting for his home, quote unquote, as he calls it, the void. And then what does he do as a distraction? He builds Asgard, his actual home. And then what does he do? He sacrifices himself. The one thing that he basically regretted not doing in the past. Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) It's just not only, Keith, is it just so badass on an action level, but once you start kind of breaking it down layer by layer, it's actually just pretty straightforward character development. And it's really fucking cool. And the line he gives there, too. For glorious purpose. And then he oh, just laughs like a just like, like a crying and laughing maniacally. <laughs> <Yeah>. So good. <laughs> yeah, so let's get into right after classic Loki sacrificing himself and regular Loki and Sylvie are able to grab a hold of one of the arms of the cloud and to enchant it and in order to get some answers. So we're definitely left with a cliffhanger here, probably one of the biggest cliffhangers of the show yet. What a striking image, by the way. Just like you, there's this huge monster and you enchant it, defeat it, and then it just opens up. There's like this rainbow kind of like filling out the frame the same way it was whenever uh, Sylvie, Ravona, and Miss Minutes were talking. And then beyond it is like, what could it be? And it's just a mansion, just a big house. It's like, what the hell? What's in there? Who's in there? I have no idea. Yeah. I have no theories. We've talked about theories so much. I don't know. I don't it know. was just such a good image. <laughs> and what a cool ending. And also just, it's simple, man. I'm not going to try and say it's deep, but just the fact that it's like Loki's like, I don't know how to enchant things. And it's like, yeah. you do. We're the same. And then they just grab hands and he eventually can like kind of do that power. I was like, that was cool. That was awesome. <laughs> it really was. And that, and that's what I was thinking when I was watching that. It's like they could have easily made that really cheesy and corny with yeah, the same lines, sure. but the performances made it awesome. But they yeah. could have easily been like, you can enchant it too or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how? And it's like, you're a Loki the same as me. But no, they were able to actually, <laughs> they were actually able to like make it badass and awesome. And Honestly, in the, yeah. In their delivery, so. For sure. And I think a big part of that is because, think about it, at the exact same time, the other plane of action is Richard E. Grant is, we've seen Loki in the first Thor movie, his big move is he can make a projection of himself, right? Richard E. Grant makes a projection of the entire city of Asgard. And Loki's reaction is, or Sylvie goes, how did he do that? And Loki goes, I think you and I are more capable than we realize. And the fact that that's happening at the same time that Loki is trying to channel this enchantment power, it makes it like 
a hundred percent more believable because we're seeing like the most power we've ever seen any Loki use. And then it's like, okay, the fact that he can kind of channel this pretty believable. No, you're definitely right. It definitely, if I don't, I don't think if they wouldn't have had the, uh, the classic Loki do that, it wouldn't have validated regular Loki's capability of doing the enchantment. Yeah. So going back to the cliffhanger part, I mean, was there anything that jumped out to you? Like whenever you saw that, kind of realm open, I guess, and you see this big house or whatever. I mean, anything there? I mean, I thought it was cool looking, but that's all I really got. Yeah, I I thought it was cool looking, but I didn't, I was, I was trying to look really closely at it. I'm saying, okay, am I missing something here? Something that, you know, you know, more hardcore fans would know, like Easter egg wise and all that. Yeah. I, I'm not saying anything <laughs> that, I, yeah, I, I that I've seen before. Didn't. So I was just kind of like, I hope it's. I hope I'm not missing anything, but I also at the same time, I hope I am missing something that someone else knows what this is. But yeah, um, yeah, I have no idea what yeah, it can it's, be. It's it's funny you mention Easter eggs because this was one of those episodes that for once I felt so in the loop, except for that last scene. Because I don't know if you caught him, Keith, but there was a bunch throughout, like during like the like kind of wide shots of the vista. At one point, we see the um, mask of Yellow Jacket who was the villain in Ant-Man, Corey Stoll's character. And oh. you see kind of like a giant, his mask just in the ground. And it's like, why is that there? And then at one point we see the Thanos copter from the comics. There's literally a helicopter in this episode that has the word Thanos on it. And if anybody yeah. saw that, it's like, what the fuck is that? No joke. Think about Josh Brolin's Thanos. In the comics, he rode a helicopter that had his name written on it, the Thanos copter. Just stupid. And mm. then in the ground, you see Mjolnir, Thor's hammer. You see, um, like, Thor's a frog, kind of like the alligator. You see all, all these weird mm-hmm. references. But at the end there, it was like, wow, I'm seeing all these crazy Easter eggs for the first time. But then at the end, we see this house. And I'm like, I have no idea. So it was <laughs> like, maybe people out there that are bigger fans know what that was, but... We've talked about Kang the Conqueror so many times in the last few weeks, but seeing that mansion, I, I, I do wonder myself, why would he bother sitting in there? Yeah. I mean, I know we've, like you said, we've already gone through theories a bunch, but I can't help but try to figure out more theories. Um, do we think this is a specific character that's behind all this? Or is, it, if it, is it a force or group in general that's running all this stuff? I mean, not just with the TVA, but just the, all the different timelines in general. I mean, the timelines could be a totally separate thing from the TVA. TVA could just be this weird organization. Well, we already figured it out. It is a weird weird organization that is not quite in control as much as we thought it is. Because there's so much that could happen. Because again, remember like in episode one, we talked about this. How is Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness going to connect to this? We haven't talked about that in four weeks because we've been so engrossed in this show. <laughs> but yeah. still... That is something to consider. Is something going to go so wrong in the finale of this show that, like, Doctor Strange's sequel is all about fixing it? Is that a possibility? Maybe. it's. It seems like it. They've mentioned the multiverse in this show multiple times. Maybe Sylvie's nexus event of being a female or just whatever happened, the fact that there aren't any other female Loki variants, maybe that ties in and maybe something is just so crazy about that with her and Loki being together romantically that creates another cataclysmic event that creates the multiverse war. I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> I have no idea. I guess I just don't know enough about the the comics to really know, to really pick a character specifically out of those. But if we're just 
just based off the movies we've seen so far and the television shows, I I don't know. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to leave it at that. I have no idea. That's a good feeling. <laughs> I, I wish I had that more. I mean, I, I wish I could do it, Keith. I can't. I mean, I wish I could do what you do and not watch the trailers. Actually, I have a fun little thing for you before we close out here. Um, the trailers for Loki, ever since the first one, they made it seem like at some point in the show, based on how they cut it, our Loki becomes President Loki and then gets betrayed. But so it was it was a fun okay. reveal for me in this episode whenever our Loki opens the hatch and then the camera turns and there's another Tom Hiddleston. I was okay. like, holy shit. This is the first show maybe ever that my theories get less and less <laughs> as each episode goes on because they answer so many questions that it's like, okay, wait. That answer like invalidates my theory, so <laughs> yeah. now I don't know. How are there more episodes left? <laughs> so I don't know. So Keith, before we close out, any final thoughts, any final recommendations, anything you want to say, or are you good to go? Um, no final really thoughts on our theories, anything like that. All I'll say is I am hoping for at least one big cameo before the okay. show ends. Good, I will good say thing to that. bring up. Good thing to bring up. I was hesitant to talk about this. I'm glad you brought it up because, mainly because, with WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier, we talked about big cameos and were ultimately disappointed. But Loki, at least for me, hasn't disappointed at all along the way. So, Keith, I want to find out from you. I would say that Jamie Alexander is Sif. Last time was a big one. That was but a pretty what- big one. What is the cameo that you want? It doesn't have to be realistic. What is the one that you want most? I think I would probably want... I would say probably uh, Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Just That's a good one. A quick brotherly, brotherly love scene. <laughs> that would be, honestly, though, based on the character development, that would be so cool. Like, just the final scene is him somehow getting back into the timeline and just apologizing to Thor and maybe like the, them hugging. Like that would be such a good moment based on this show. That'd be so cool. I'd love to see that. Yeah. Um what about you? I think mine I that's my number one. I think that's the most realistic one. I'm gonna go with I, I also think Okay, my I have two. So my lesser one is I think Renee Russo returning as the mother Freya, I, well. I think yeah. is a possibility. The reason I'm bringing that one up is because it would be big for our Loki, but it would be equally big for Sylvie based on what they set up in her past. The one that I think we talked about with WandaVision and maybe is more realistic here based on the words they've been saying like we talked about is Doctor Strange. I'm not okay. saying in the main show. he's not. I don't think Doctor Strange is going to be like a main character in the episode. I think that could be a perfect um, post credit scene. Like, we see all the shit that goes down in the finale, and then the post-credit is we see that somehow infect, like, present-day New York or something, and then we see Doctor Strange come into frame, like, oh shit, I gotta figure this out, or something like that, and then that will lead into our sequel in yeah. March of next year, so that would make I could sense. see that. Yep. Yeah. I think those two or three are probably definite possibilities, for sure. For sure, everybody. Make sure you let us know who is going to cameo in next week's finale. And why is it Sam Rockwell returning from Iron Man 2? The hammer. It's the hammer. <laughs> Maybe Mickey Rourke back. I want my board. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and this series, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we'd really appreciate that so we can continue to grow the show. 
please leave us some reviews as well. Even if you don't want to write anything, leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Just wherever you get your podcast really does help us out. At The Arnie's is our social, and thearnies.media is the website. We'll be back on Tuesday with more MCU talk. It's time for a new movie for once, and it's going to be Black Widow. Scarlett Johansson, do you have what it takes to make me theorize as much as Loki has? I think you might be able to handle it. Guys, we have one episode left. It's the finale. We're doing this one more time. It's coming out next Friday. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> also, we have Co-op Couch coming out soon. It's Austin and me talking about all the big announcements from E3 2021. So stay tuned for that. And that's what we got going on. And with that, check us out on Instagram at The Arnie's. We want to hear from you. So feel free to direct message us your thoughts on this episode and upcoming episodes. We want to hear your theories on Loki. Also, please go back and check out our most recent bracket, and that was our best comedy bracket. See who makes it to the top on that one. Absolutely, and I don't want to tease it. don't want to get anybody too excited, but Mr. Owen and Luke Wilson may or may not be in a few movies in our comedy bracket, so you're probably going to hear a wow every now and again. So, got to check it out. All right, everybody, we will see you next Tuesday for Black Widow and next Friday for the finale of Loki. See ya. See ya. Throw a rock at a Loki. <laughs> <laughs>